1: Good morning. I keep saying good morning, but I'm really being presumptuous. I should be more inclusive of everyone in, in any part of the day. But yes, hello.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say hello. Let's just hello say hello and welcome.
1: Hello, welcome. <laughs> welcome. Thank you for tuning in. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I feel like we're sort of like hanging on to the last days of summer. Mm,
0: yeah, it is a bit, isn't it?
1: Is it feeling like everyone's kind of getting into the September mode?
0: it's that vibe isn't it before kind of you go back to school uh, um yeah. and having to kind of think about all the organization that goes with it
1: oh and then
0: yeah. it kind of makes you feel like it's the end of summer
1: mm, I hear what you're saying yeah, yeah I think that's where yeah. I don't know about in Jersey but um Something that's been a real consternation is when stores start to advertise back to school sales in like June mm. and everyone's like, "Uh-uh, uh, do not be r- Don't be <laughs> rushing our summer, please." I don't know if they well, do it's that. Like
0: Christmas in October? Like. Oh my god. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like enough by the time you get to Christmas, you're done. It's you're like, done I'm over it. I know. You're finished. You haven't even got Christmas day yet. <laughs> oh, I
1: tell you, I tell you absolutely. Yeah. So, but your daughter is going off to uni? And is she, she is. taking special preparations? I don't know if she's getting like...
0: She is doing bugger all.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Figured as much. All right. She's doing yes. her last partying.
0: Oh, oh most definitely. Rarely oh, see okay. her. And, oh. um, and actually, the, um, we've still had COVID restrictions in Jersey, but um, from the 26th, which is Thursday, all restrictions are lifted. Oh. And she's going to her first nightclub.
1: <gasps> oh, like ever, ever. Yeah, Wow. Ever, ever. Are you terrified so, at all or are you like, oh, this will be cool? Nah, You're fine.
0: It's. I actually think it's good for her to do before she goes to uni because, um, I mean, Jersey's just so relatively small and uh, kind of everybody knows everybody. So uh, a lot of her friends, like she'll know kind of the majority of people who are out. It's going nice. to be all the kids that are out, not the grown-ups. Uh, um, yeah. So, and it's good, I think, for her to just kind of, I suppose, uh Try it out here before she goes to the UK, yeah. where it's just going to be a whole different ball game.
1: Yeah, so I'm thinking yeah. about like dosing of alcohol, like you know, sort of that. Although that's that's a long runway. That took me a long time to figure out. <laughs> oh my gosh, there were some mishaps along the way. Uh, yeah, yes, it's yes. a process. There's no way to download knowledge or wisdom to your no kids. Well, isn't, isn't they have no. to like walk through all the same mistakes.
0: Yeah, I and mean you just have to be there to pick up the pieces if you need yeah, to. Yeah,
1: right? Exactly. Yeah. Just be that phone yeah. call, that number, like you need a ride. Yeah. Oh, you're vomiting on the sidewalk and you need someone to yeah. pick. Okay, all right. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's awesome. So uh, tell me about what's going on at the relationship desk of love. I'm curious about the news desk.
0: Yeah. So I was reading this article about abstinence from sex. So apparently the millennials are having less sex than any of the other generations before them
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: which I was quite surprised at Mm -hmm. and so this article talks about three women that have given up sex and their reasons why so the first woman that I was reading about she had decided at the age of 29 that she wanted to give up sex because she'd never not been in a relationship oh so back-to-back relationships, just kind of one after the other. And she was addicted to love, as she puts it. uh Um, So she decided that she was going to give up relationships altogether, including any kind of sex, for six months.
1: Wow, okay. Now, was this just at the time she committed to this, or did it tell us of what happened for her? What was her experience?
0: So she said that she wanted to give up for six months because she'd just been in um eternal relationships and um and so she decided that she wanted to have a break. So it's changed everything. My life has been largely centered around whoever I'm having sex with. Um my ups and downs have been um almost an exact mirror of whatever is going on in my romantic life. So I've become a lot more stable and balanced. So there's clearly a massive emphasis on the relationship on mm what it was bringing mm-hmm. um, rather than it sounds like kind of getting in, in tune with who you are wow. so yeah so she that was the reason that she gave up sex the second one decided so she is 34 And um, decided that she'd never really enjoyed sex. She'd never enjoyed having sex. Always made her anxious. um, And she decided that she was no longer going to live by the rules of everybody else. So this kind of societal pressure to have sex. um, So she decided that she was going to give up completely. Because it just wasn't for her.
1: Oh, nice. Okay. All right. Yeah.
0: So that she's been asexual for four years now.
1: Nice. All right.
0: And then the final one, um, this lady is 34 and she gave up sex when she was 18 because she started going to church and spent some time working there too. The church didn't believe in sex before marriage and suggested that young people who weren't married should stop having sex with their partners. She was sleeping with a boyfriend at the time, but she's enjoyed um, the church life so much that she gave up sex um, so she could continue to work there. And that's three years ago. Oh, my. Um, so there you go.
1: Oh, yeah. I guess that kind of sticks somewhere. I, yeah. I, I, And it's just, it's just maybe a personal thing. Like, I love that somebody says, um, sex and addiction to love. Addiction to love, addiction to sex is not serving me. And I want to take that filter off so that I can actually yeah. see myself more clearly and yeah. I can really step into my power. And I'm all about that. Um, mm-hmm. I really mind when when institutions are telling women to not have sex, but mm. <laughs> that's, that really gets under my skin in a big way because that's very hard to pick out. Am I doing this because I have choice? Or am I doing this because I have no choice? Yeah. I don't like that.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I know what you're saying.
1: But at the same time, like if this, somebody is like, look, I, it, this is so important to me. My involvement in this institution is really important. Mm. And I am taking my choice and I feel very powerful in that, then, then that is good. It's just... I don't know, I personally experienced where there was a real coercion, like where the church really does, where it doesn't seem like choice because they put a bunch of like negative, shameful messages in your head and it does tend to pile into the heads of women, not Mm. men, is my finding usually. (laughs)
0: Yeah,
1: Men just don't seem to experience the same level of shame uh, from institutions. So, Mm. yeah, I don't know. That brings stuff up for me. <laughs> I,
0: I'm sorry I've triggered you today. <laughs> I love it. No, I love
1: I love being sort of, mm. I, I love being um, stimulated to think. Yeah. Mm. But it is true that the millennial generation, which is a little mm. younger than we are, because I think we, we solidly... Just a little bit. Just a wee bit. Just a wee bit. <laughs> Although I, we are late Gen Xers, right? Like I'm literally mm. on the... I think we are the... Me and I think... My year, which is 1979, like, that is, like, the forgotten year. Like, no one cares Mm. about us. We're not Gen X. We're not millennials. No one cares. Um, But, no, I would say that I'm more sort of a late Gen Xer than an early millennial in my outlook. Mm. Yeah, millennials not having as much sex. That is so true. That is showing Mm. up in the uh, research really uh, prominently, hey? Yeah. Yeah. Bit of a surprise, though. Well, I know, but there's a lot of stuff. I think there's, like, a lot of, like, dating apps. People are not so actually one of the stats people are not getting married um mm. with the same frequency yeah. so there is this thing of like people just aren't and i guess the question is are millennials when they do have sex are they having better sex maybe
0: yeah potentially. maybe yeah.
1: maybe it's quality over quantity
0: mm. yeah
1: interesting
0: mm. oh well thanks
1: for that that stimulated a bunch <laughs>
0: yeah all right um hot topic
1: anybody yes i'll take one please
0: Okay, let's do it. (laughs) So today's hot topic is dealing with an attention-seeking partner.
1: All right, you got my attention.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I have like an image of, um, right or wrongly, and I think it does go both ways, but let's start with the image that's in my head around um, kind of just a woman just trying to kind of get on, just get some stuff done in her life and a little kind of annoying little buzzy bee boyfriend. uh, (laughs) Hello,
1: pay attention to me. You
0: want to do this? Yeah, (gasps) (gasps) Yeah,
1: that's a good... And you are the queen of imagery. I love that. Absolutely.
0: So that's that's the image I've got in my head. Um, But I think it works both ways. I think that you get, you know, the annoying girlfriend kind of mm-hmm. pay me attention do I look nice just uh, mm. should I wear this should I wear that let me tell you what, what Jackie said so I think it can work both ways
1: or creating chaotic situations in order to sort of manufacture drama all the time so that can often, yes. often yeah. happen where there's just like there's chaos always there's always yeah. a situation going on that's that can be attention seeking for sure
0: yeah yeah. And that's exhausting, isn't it? Like, I don't know. I don't know how people do this, right? Like, I do know people that seem to attract an awful lot of drama in their life. And, you know, you speak to them and they go, oh, wait until I tell you what happened. And there's this big monologue about what the latest drama. Yeah, I find that exhausting to listen to, let alone be part of. Yeah, I know. I know.
1: I know. But it is weird because people will be stuck in the story and they'll be like, well, of course it's, you know, you know, people who are like, I don't know, chaotic things always happen to me. If it's not one Mm. thing, it's the other. I'm just unlucky. I guess I just attract and I'm like, nah, no, there's not, there's not a chaos unlucky button (laughs) Mm. that that gets on or off as your, yeah, chaos is, uh, yeah, that's a hard one. Mm. Yeah. So the buzzy bee that sounds like horrible. That sounds like so annoying. I just mm. want to shut that down. I like your imagery.
0: <laughs> so how do we deal with an attention-seeking partner then?
1: Oh my gosh. Well, I guess you know. I weird. This has just popped up. I just wonder. Is there? I mean, before you start to assign this as like this is bad, I need to get rid of it. Like, how is that actually serving you? Like, why is it that this attention-seeking is in your life? Is it serving you in any way that is super hidden? that you don't even realize and that could be maybe that you have a savior thing that you want to kind of always help somebody
0: the rescuer yeah 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 Yeah, potentially
1: and I just I'm curious because before you sort of you know kind of push somebody away is Mm. what is it exactly what kind of symbiotic situation is sort of work at play here Mm. possibly
0: yeah I think I would look from the other perspective around what is it that's happening for the person that's being attention seeking so why is Mm -hmm. it that they need all of the attention all the time why is it that they can't find peace in their own company Mm -hmm. so I would look at that some of the reasons and I think the other thing that comes up for me is around attachment styles and Mm -hmm. thinking about kind of you know is there some sort of anxious attachment style going on where does Mm -hmm. that come from is there something you know some hidden patterns Mm-hmm. that need to be explored mm.
1: oh certainly yeah
0: mm. the other thing that comes up for me is um, compassion because it's very easy to forget about the compassion when something's mm. happening that we're not enjoying yeah. Um Isn't it though so you kind of go god this is just super annoying like I can't deal with this like so we think about it internally like it's all about me and how I'm feeling and then kind of forget the compassion or the empathy to try and understand somebody else's viewpoint.
1: Yeah and their experience.
0: Yeah then the other thing that comes up for me as well is is there any legitimacy in it so Mm. you know is there a reason why you know they are the way that they are is it are you fully present in the relationship are you mm. are you really listening to their needs and helping to address them or yeah. you know or are you do you have an avoidant attachment style are you yeah. you know are you with withdrawing and withholding from the relationship oh yeah
1: and I think what what is important is is not that oh I find myself in this one off it's never happened before with this attention seeking person like something tells me there's a pattern this is not the first mm. rodeo you know yeah. and and I think that's where this topic kind of comes up is I mm. have a pattern of having attention seeking people and yeah. and that's where it, I don't know if it's really worth much scrutiny if you're with somebody it's been a short while you've never had an attention seeking person it's I think that might be just a cut and dry thing to just end the relationship. I, you know, one off, not been that long. But I think what we're talking about is a is a pattern or something that's a very long, a relationship that's very long standing. And then, yes, the way that you're showing up is really important here. No question.
0: Yeah. 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 Because we, we've each got a responsibility in a relationship. It's mm. not, it's never one sided. And you need to be looking at solutions that satisfy both parties. Mm. So if you've got a relationship and it's never going to work if one person isn't truly happy. So if there's Mm. something else that's going on, you've both got a collective responsibility to try and explore that.
1: Oh, absolutely. Mm. But I cannot get away from the thought of... um, you know, let's just say we could sort of wave a magic wand and we take this real attention seeking, busy bee sort of in your ear all the time. And we take that person out of your life and we put in a person who's really independent. They don't need you much. Mm. They're just sort of off doing their own thing. How does that feel? Mm. And what does that bring up for you? Like to imagine like what kind of, you know, and you might be like, oh, that's a relief. I can finally like hear, I finally have peace and quiet, but is it really that cut and dry? I'm just so curious about You know, having an attention seeking person who's always trying to draw you out and is always sort of showering attention or wanting to sort of have more of you. If we took that out of your life, would that be something you really want? Or is there something that that is actually giving you that you would actually miss and you might seek in somebody else? Mm. You know, I think it's quite, we're always, when we have a sort of a pattern, it's always nice to sort of dump that one person, but we find that we go on to the next person and surprise, surprise.
0: It They're seems exactly to,
1: the same. yeah, yeah, it's like the yeah. horror movie where, like, Groundhog Day, it just yeah. keeps coming back and going back. Yeah. 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 I think just a real examination of how you're showing up and what you need and what you're looking for and why is, is, yeah. The phone call is coming from inside the house, as my good friend says, and I, <laughs> <laughs> I can't help but, yeah.
0: Well, there's something about the ego, though, isn't there? Like, that's what that brings up for me when you describe mm. that, is is it that actually there's a bit of kind of ego stroking going on because um, I must be a brilliant, amazing person because this person kind of really Mm. wants me to be there 24-7 or really wants my attention Mm. all the time. Therefore, I must be Mm. a really great person.
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah. And is that message coming from other parts of your life? Do you Mm. know that or do you need that to be externally validated all the time?
0: Yeah, (gasps) yeah, yeah.
1: Oh my gosh, that I I don't know why. This like this has many. This is a multi-level cake here and I'm kind of on the deeper <laughs> levels here. I can't just can't just hang out of the top near the icing. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Although cake sounds quite nice right now. Doesn't it though?
1: Oh my gosh, like those really insanely rich cake, like a kind of a white creamy ice cream like a mm. Mm. My gosh. Mm. I'm not even paying attention to like recent cake trends, but gosh, like a cream <laughs> cheese. <and> cake. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I don't know why I'm having like a real like, you know, when you have these COVID moments where you're like, I haven't done that in at least two years. And that's like sitting in a cake shop and having a nice little coffee as well as like a mm. massive slice of cake with a girlfriend. Yeah. I have not done that. <laughs> I feel very cheated.
0: There are many things we have not done for a while. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. Actually, this is a good, talking about cake or talking about sweet things, I think this is a good moment to hijack our podcast to talk about a new development in Toronto, which is all the buzz. So there's this new waffle house that's called like Members Only. That's the name, Members Only. And they're located in a shack on the street. So they're like a little shack set up like on, you know, how like we've sort of created like on street, uh, temporary, but it looks like it's getting to be more permanent um, seating. So this is a tiny shack. And um, they have reliably lineups of like 30 people outside there because they're selling dicks. They're selling dick waffles.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So, and they come in three different varieties and they're they're priced at a hefty sum, but it seems to be worth it. So they drizzle all sorts of like Belgian chocolate and like white, like uh, whatever, white chocolate and so forth. So it looks like, yeah, it's, it's like, it's, I know. And then... Um, they have like this sign out the front, like this pink neon sign that something like I licked it so I own it or something like that. It is super awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Dick waffles. It is like the thing to do now in Toronto and like everyone is just raging all over it.
0: (laughs) That is hilarious. I know.
1: I know. I know. I'm just so proud of us Canadians. Yeah. (laughs) It's the thing. It's the thing. So I walked by the other night and I just saw this long lineup and I just took a few photos. I had to. It's just so awesome. Yeah. So <laughs> oh. it's members only. So the way you become a member is you buy a dick waffle. Right. And then you're a member. Oh. I know. Okay. Pretty nice.
0: Yeah. So have you sampled them?
1: Weirdly, I haven't because the lineup was 30 people long. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to try to get them I'm in like a... Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I think I'm going to try to find like a kind of a quieter moment but they look mm. really good and of course everyone's taking their selfies with eating the dick waffles because yeah. obviously looks super well great.
0: it's an incredible uh, market employee
1: uh, isn't it oh yeah. my gosh like there are some people definitely profiting off of covid these people have almost no overhead they're sitting in a shack on the street <laughs> yeah. um and they are killing it and these waffles are ridiculous like i think they're 80 or nine dollars for this Somewhat, and 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 to their credit, like they didn't make this massively oversized phallus. There's just a very moderate, looks like like a six inch penis as a as a waffle, (laughs) and and so it doesn't look like there's much like batter being involved here. So it's it's there's a great markup. I, I whoever put this business plan together, they were like, you know what? I think the city of Toronto needs dick waffles i'm just thinking like
0: where does that idea even come from though you want you just sat around having a couple drinks with your mates you know what what we should do i know (laughs) what we
1: should do just to you know celebrate toronto toronto has been in lockdown i think for more days than any other city like this city was just crushed with lockdown like i think in like total extreme lockdown they were in lockdown for more than 400 days Wow. 400 like extreme lockdown like do not like stores nothing open and that's sort of so um it makes every bit of sense that a couple of guys got together over drinks and were like you know what this city needs is dick waffles <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: something to cheer was up on oh free. and you know what
1: it's working there's an air of celebration and fancy um within a 10 meter radius of this uh shack that sells dick waffles
0: well, I have to say, I was a little bit skeptical when you said that you're going to take over the podcast there, but thank you for sharing. <laughs>
1: right? Isn't it appropriate? Well, apparently the other thing, quite, you know, Canada is quietly the sort of the den of a lot of like sex therapy research. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very quiet. We're, you know, we're quieter than our southern neighbors and we just kind of yeah. quietly go around like having sex, setting up dick waffle shops and, and researching <laughs> sex. Yeah. <laughs> Oh Canada, <laughs>
0: there's no millennials here.
1: <laughs> oh well, totally. Well, or maybe there's a lot of millennials studying sex, but like, no, nah, I'll study it. It's not party. Just won't have it. Mm. Yeah, or if I do, it'll be high quality. Mm. Oh, anyways, I think I just hijacked our hot topic. I think you did. It needed okay. to be said. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, huh. So to move to a question, then.
1: Oh yeah, I think we're done here. <laughs> okay, let's. <laughs>
0: got a juicy question for you today. Oh yes. I'm in a relationship and my partner has three kids and I don't like them. (laughs) What should I do?
1: Oh my gosh. Okay. (laughs) I like that this person is being honest because this is not the first time I'm sure that this happens, right? Like I don't like my stepkids.
0: Yeah. Normally you keep it to yourself yeah yeah <laughs> i'm not going to tell anybody
1: well because this is a confidential question line right
0: yes it is yeah yeah
1: absolutely yeah so they can take their deepest deepest secrets and demons and throw it out to geordie yeah. lass and Doc sass and they know absolutely yeah, yeah. we'll mm-hmm. discuss it yeah
0: yeah so this is um this is very difficult isn't it
1: oh <laughs> if you don't like your stepkids oh man yeah
0: and there's three of them as well
1: Oh, God. Yeah, and they didn't specify, like, to what degree they dislike their Mm. stepkids. But it sounds like all three of them kind (laughs) of (laughs) suck. Oh, this is hard.
0: I do wonder if the person asking the question has got children of their own. Mm, Say more. Because I think that's a different level of complexity, isn't it? Because, Mm -hmm. so on one hand, if they haven't got any kids... Is it that they're just not like kiddie people? Some people mm. aren't. Some people just aren't interested in having children. They wouldn't have chose to have children. And yet now they've kind of inherited three children. That, and yeah. so I think that would be quite challenging. And if you're just, it's a bit like saying, I'm not, a, you know, I'm not a pet person, but you bring in kind of three cats along. Yeah. So yeah. like, but except this is, you know, this is human beings. This is, yeah. um and children at that so Mm -hmm. and obviously we don't know what ages they are there could be young kids that still require a lot of attention Mm -hmm. so maybe there's some of that in here
1: or or teenagers and they're just general assholes
0: yeah (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. or you know there could be more grown-up kids but still kind of there and Mm -hmm. um having an effect or an impact on the relationship so there's lots Mm -hmm. of different situations i guess that this question could be coming up in the other side is then if they are a parent already and then you've got kind of two sets of yeah. children, you yeah. can often get some comparison about, well, that's not the way I would do things. And so you get mm-hmm. this, this real kind of judgment comes in,
1: oh. comes into
0: play and that can be equally as destructive.
1: Oh, yeah. And I think the premise here is that, I you know, what we don't really focus on is the complexity of bringing And the artificiality of bringing kind of children together and kind of creating another parent. And um, Mm. we rush into it way too fast with very little thought Mm. Um, because we might fall in love with somebody and we want to kind of blend families, but we... And we kind of assume, oh, this should be easy. Let's just become the Brady Bunch. I don't know if that's mm. a reference that most people... I didn't I didn't even yeah, watch yeah. the Brady Bunch, right?
0: Me neither, but I know what you mean. I
1: know, yeah. <laughs> we know, you know, sort of this artificial, like everybody is a joined family and everyone gets along. Yeah. But like that is actually to bring people along all of a sudden and sort of kind of transplant, like disrupt one family unit and transplant the kids mm. into another family unit. I think it's fair to say most people rush this and make it, try to make it sort of happy go lucky way too fast. Yeah. It's a complex arrangement, though.
0: It is complex arrangement. Very complex.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, in the reading up that I've done about this is that we expect people to form love. We expect people to form love really quickly and we, we rush the emotions or we expect that there should be emotions right off the bat when love in every sense takes a long time to form and... Just because it's not a loving emotion doesn't mean that one day it might not get there. It just might mm. take a really long time. And I, you know, this is something that we should accept like a long runway of ambivalent and kind of coolish, cool tone emotions for like a real long time from kids.
0: And they might never get there, right? Like, so uh, yeah. I think it's about, I think you're right. You can't just, um, you know, put a whole bunch of people... Like, if I was to kind of rock up at your house and tell you, right, this family's moving in with you that you've never <sighs> met before, yeah. like, you'd probably be a bit pissed about that. Oh. And there's no there's no saying that you'd get on with this new family. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, may, it might never get any better. Yeah. It might always be like this. Yes. But I think the one thing I would say is, you are the grown-up and it's your responsibility to somehow overcome this to work through it if this is truly the relationship for you you know she says she really loves a partner mm-hmm. if they truly love that person the other person that person comes with three children like yeah. that's never going to go away yeah. okay you're always going to be a parent even yeah. you know my daughter's off to university soon Even after she's left university and she gets a job, like, you know, I know plenty of people with uh, grown-up children who, you know, they're always going to be there. There's always something, right? That's your responsibility.
1: Yeah, it's a good thing to bring up because I think that there's, the dynamics can sometimes go in this direction where a step-parent thinks that maybe they can put a wedge between the parent and their kids. Like, sometimes pretty fantastical sort of options and possibilities come to somebody's mind and... But that's I, that's I think where the evil step parent sort of yeah. cliche comes from is like you're right some people <laughs> actually think that they can kind of drive a wedge or become more important to a parent than their kids and that yeah. disavow yourself of that right away cuz yeah <laughs> it'll never happen. Yeah. And yeah. why
0: why would you why would you want to do that? Why would you need
1: to do that? I mean Absolutely. And if you can kind of zoom out of the situation, you're like, of course not. But if you're, you're, if you're enmeshed and you're kind of in the scrum and and you forget your role as the adult in the situation, you can kind of become just as petty as the 14 year old that you're having a battle with. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That's human nature.
0: Yeah. And it's recognizing, I think, where you're at and what's going on. It's trying to recognize that. And, and as you say, kind of zoom out of that situation and really yeah. think, okay, I am the adult here. Yeah. I do have a responsibility to try and make this work. If I truly yeah. love this person, that's what I need to do. Because the kids are always going to be there, and rightly so. Yeah, And they're always going to need their parents, no matter yeah. what happens.
1: Yeah, so I wonder if, and you mentioned sort of taking the high road, recognizing you're, you're the adult, and recognizing, well, they don't have to love me. They don't have to even like me. But how can I show up and kind of hold the strength and hold the fort for the situation and say that no matter what kind of crazy behavior is coming my way from these kids, I'm just going to hold space and I'm going to show up in a consistent way so I can become a reliable and and resetting expectations. Like I'm going to do stuff not because I'm going to get a a good response out of it, but just because I'm the adult and I have in some way a co-parenting role here like I'm I'm one of the adult influences in this kid's life
0: I think you've also got responsibility to your partner as well to support them and not I mean Mm. I've had kind of relationships in the past where you can feel like you're piggy in the middle as the Mm. you know in that kind of blended situation you can feel like you're the only one trying to kind of keep the peace Mm -hmm. so that can be quite a tiring position to be in feeling like you are trying Mm. to kind of field all all of these different demands and satisfy everybody um Mm -hmm. so i think that can be quite hard i mean that said i am remembering somebody that i did know who was in this situation where the stepchildren were grown up, um, but still causing quite a few challenges for the relationship. Mm. So I think it's important to have your own support network. If you feel like you are being constantly challenged as a step parent, mm. I think it's important to have your your support network to be able to show up in that consistent way and to, you know, just be the best person that you can be, regardless of everything else that's going on around you. Yeah. I think the other thing that comes to mind as well is um, control. So feeling like you need to be in control of all the situations. I mean, Mm. personally, having two teenage children, I know I'm not in control of anything whatsoever (laughs) at all. (laughs) And actually, the day that I learned that lesson was was hugely uplifting. So I think we can get kind of bogged down in things because we're trying to control things. We want them to be a certain way. We're trying to control the outcome. And it's just not possible, especially where children are concerned.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So I think, you know, is that my advice would be, is there a way to kind of release that control for Mm. it no longer to have that emotional attachment that it's got? And I know this isn't easy, right? Like, I mean yeah we've all been in kind of difficult challenging situations where we feel highly emotionally charged and it is and it it is very difficult to kind of move beyond that yeah so I know it's not easy I was having a coaching conversation this morning about how you know we do kind of a lot of work and um, particularly in our field right so we work on ourselves quite regularly Um. and it can be exhausting because you feel like actually the job's never done. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It's like the dishes keep piling up in the sink of the clutter of my mind. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like that dishwasher's on constant cycle. (laughs) Oh my gosh.
1: Can't keep up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's important to recognize that yes, the work probably is never done. um, But we're all just trying to kind of reach some sort of equilibrium in life, some sort of state of happiness. And For me, it feels like there is so much attached to this situation of wanting to willing things to be just completely different that will never be completely different. And all of that energy and emotion is wrapped up in that. And that probably feels quite exhausting.
1: Oh my gosh, yes.
0: (gasps) I feel exhausted now, just talking about it. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And it's a long game. Like if you are intending to commit to this relationship, it is the long game. Ah, And that's exhausting too.
0: Yeah yeah but Hmm. it's i think willing something to be different that's never going to be different it's a bit like saying well i'm going out with this guy but i really wish he was blonde instead of brunette like that's just not going to work is it because no so i think we can't you know we can't will things to be different that aren't going to change and three children aren't going to disappear so how do you find a way to either you know bring some sort of harmony to the relationship or you know the the other extremists to completely opt out
1: true and that's always a choice. That's always yeah, an option. Always a choice. Yeah. Always a
0: choice. So yeah, I think some some hard thinking, really. I would say in terms of actually, what do you want, mm-hmm. and and what is it that you're trying to change that isn't going to change, and then how do you mm. um, let go and release some of that.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's true. I think the mm. other thing too, like you mentioned before, is is the con- the question about the your partner's kids and your partner's. Mm perceived role in all this and whether Mm -hmm. they are really sort of helping you the the piggy in the middle thing like are they are they taking a balanced view or do they tend to sort of get washed along in the tide of their kids sort of stuff do they tend to sort of side with their kids which you know I guess if there's a consistent trend of always being thrown under the bus or where, you know, your partner who's in a in a real tricky situation, piggy in the middle, mm. but like, do they always tend to not have your back? And I, I guess, you know, recognizing that your partner's in a tricky situation is one thing, but if you never feel supported, then I guess that, and it's something that you can obviously communicate. Like, I, you know, I don't feel like I'm supported in this situation or whatnot, and you can try your best, but if your partner mm. is, constantly finding it's easier to capitulate to the kids or you know whatever is going on there than just have your back that's also writing on the wall and maybe if you don't feel supported and you you can't let it go and you feel like there's something truly unjust that might not be the relationship there might be some hard hard decisions there
0: yeah I think it's a complex question because there are so many things that could be contributing to the situation Mm -hmm. and so it is about trying to work through the elements that are contributing so where are the challenges is there a red flag because I don't feel supported Mm. is there something else that's happening what are my beliefs about the situation Mm. what else is what are the other influences that are happening so it is I think it is a really complicated situation and Mm. you always have kind of maybe not always you generally have have like unconditional love for your own kids right like Mm -hmm. I mean they can push you to Mm -hmm. limits but yet you still once you've calmed down slightly Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know you still like underneath it all they're your children and you love them Mm -hmm. and that's always going to be different if they're not yours yeah it's always going to be different
1: yeah gosh that's so true and that's the hard part because you don't have that that deep thread of connection yeah uh and that's a hard that's a hard place to navigate yeah. So, yeah, you really have to take the high road to say, well, there may not be natural like this unconditional, natural like ridiculous love that you yeah. have for uh, your own child, but but how do I stay keep the high road? How do I maintain fairness? And I yeah. and I like what you say, like how do I get my own outlets and my own yeah. recharging and my own mental health and strength, yeah. so that I can come to the situation and bring my best.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Because you're right. A lot of parents, they might be like down to their last nerve, but, you know, for most parents, there's still a last nerve available for their kids. Like they'll, yeah. they'll still yeah. enter the ring and uh, with love, even pushed to the limits. And that, that yeah. does not happen when that's not your own kid.
0: Yeah. And and let's face it, you know, most parents at some stage don't like their own children either.
1: <laughs> oh, yes. Very true. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Sometimes kids so, are very unlikable.
0: Yeah. Yeah they are sometimes do things that drive you to distraction yes yes absolutely (laughs) but you're right there is always that kind of last last bit of energy um it's it's a bit like you know they say that your phone has always got a little bit of charging even when it says it hasn't oh (laughs) Um, yeah so it's a bit kind of like that isn't it you kind Mm. of think that you're at the bottom of your reserves but there's Mm. always that kind of little bit that you can kind of still use up
1: yeah yeah and I, and I think when it comes to dealing with kids who are not your own, your stepkids is, is how do I create that little reserve? Is yeah. that, that I meditate every day? Is that, that I go for yeah. massages? What yeah. do I, because I have to build that reserve. It's not something that's,
0: uh, that comes very, naturally. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm. mm. Well, very best spicy. of luck. It's a yeah. very tricky situation. Very um, tricky. Yeah. and One day um, at a time. Yeah. And as you say, some honesty there, which is good because that brings Mm -hmm. some awareness Mm -hmm. and then we can do something about it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Nice.
0: All right. Beautiful.
1: Well, that was a racy week. It
0: was indeed. Yeah. It was indeed.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: that has um, boosted my energy levels.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah.
0: A good debate always gets it going. <laughs>
1: I tell you, I tell you, and we didn't come out swinging much. We haven't actually been in much, you know, conflict. We haven't been in the ring, the boxing ring.
0: No, um, I know. Still waiting
1: for that hot topic that really divides us. Yeah, love to come up with a with a real with a real zinger. But we we keep looking, and yeah. you know, and to the listener, keep sending us wonderful questions. Yes, please yes. do, please yeah. do yeah all right right.
0: so fully charged ready for the week ahead
1: yep we're almost to pumpkin spice latte season I don't really do those but it's apparently it's pumpkin (laughs) spice latte season very soon just around the corner
0: oh don't you mean you're going to tell me that it's not Christmas next Uh,
1: I know I am really yeah it's (laughs) almost Valentine's Day yeah no no we're not not leaving this weather not leaving the summer yeah absolutely all right
0: okay well till next week
1: till next week so that's
0: it for another week of geordie lass and doc sass we hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover if you need help navigating all things relationships anna and sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support email info at geordielass.com Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.